Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. got to learn how to lean on Jesus no matter what the situation is. Lean on the Lord is all we got to do. If we lean on him, everything will be okay. All the things that seem bad won't be as bad. If we learn how to lean on the Lord. We have been going through how to build the house of God, how to build our temple from the ground up. And we have read not to lay down the same foundation of repentance, to clean out the the land, to break up or follow ground, to, to move forward, to continue to build, to be anchored and rooted and grounded on the sure foundation which is Jesus Christ. And today we're going to talk about some framework, how we're going to frame and what framing means and what framing is normally used for and how framing is put together. We're going to be reading out of Ephesians, the second chapter, the first verse. I'll be reading that one. And then Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And as you have that one, also go to Colossians 3, 5. Those both go together. Isaiah 29, 16. Psalm 103, 8 through 14. 1 Kings 6, 7. And Philippians 3, 16. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for all that you have done. Thank you, Lord, for being with us every step of the way. My Father, I ask that you would be with us today, and I thank you for being with us today, my God. Lord, bless us to hear this word and be edified and nourished and grown in you, my God. Let us bring forth fruit a hundredfold. Don't let me say anything that I'm not supposed to say, my God, but bless me to only speak what you want me to speak, my God. For, Lord, it is not I that speaks, but the Holy Ghost through me, my God. And, Lord, let this seed fall upon good ground. Lord, give us hearts of understanding. Remove anything that is not like you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. In the book of Ephesians, the second chapter, starting at the first verse, it says, And you, had he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also ye all, we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. 
and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. See, from the foundation of the world, God has already ordained us. He had already thought about us. He already made a plan for our lives. And we're going to continue to look at our building that we are building. I tried to put a physical building in our mind so that we could understand it a little bit more in, in the spiritual realm. So right now we have already cleared the land. We already took out the stones. We already poured this, this foundation and, and we anchored the, the bottom plate to the concrete and it is anchored and it's ready for the walls. Well now when you're going to build a house, you have to go out and you got to search for the right material. You cannot use this kind of material or a house material on this kind of a building because it won't be strong enough. This is a two-story building and it needs way more structure than a regular house and then you cannot take the, the material that you use on an RV and build your house with it it won't stand it won't be that sturdy different material is for different projects but when you go and you begin to get this lumber and you're gonna build these walls you go through the lumber because if it is bent if it is warped if it has too many knots if it is too short or even if it's too long you have to separate what you could use for that wall now when you get this material and you begin to build this wall if the boards begin to twist it's not going to be good for the other sheetrock and the other siding that you put on. So you cast that board aside. Not that you cast it away that it's not good to be used, but it's not fit for that particular wall. It's the same thing in the house of God. We are all the part of the body of Christ. We are all part of the church, but we have different functions in the church. But when God begins to look at us and we're a little bit twisted going towards the world or we're a little bit shortcomings on reading and praying and living for God, he has to either extend or put us to use somewhere else. But if you are that board that is full of knots, nobody uses those except to be burned because you can't drive a nail through them. You can't drive a screw through them. 
You can't even really glue them because when you glue them and the knot gives away, the board will still go away and the knot will remain the same. So those boards get picked out and thrown out for trash. If your heart is not willing to receive what God has for you, you will be cast away. If he cannot use you for what he designed to use you for, you will be cast away. He has a design for us. He has a place for us. He has a plan for our lives. And so when he is choosing this material, he knows what we can do. Oh, I could use these for the outside structural wall because they are strong. I could use this material for the middle wall to help support the ceiling because they are strong. Or he'll say they are sincere. They are good. They love me but they're not quite that strong. I'm going to use them as the sheetrock on the inside of the house because they're not really that strong, but yet they look good and they can provide protection from the elements of the outside. So when you begin to do these, search out your material, God does too. He said, I'm looking for a man that can stand in the gap. He's looking for structure. He's looking for love. He's looking for temperance. He's looking for moderation. He's looking for peace. He's looking for joy. He's looking for that heart that is willing to accept everything that he has to offer. When you begin to put that wall together and you hammer in the nail and the board seems to twist, so you pull it out and you do it again. After you hammer a nail in once or twice, it's no good for that. You need to cut that end of the board off because it has too many punctures and it's no, more, no longer strong. But when you cut that end off, you can no longer use it for that long wall because it's too short. So when we go out into the world and we contaminate ourselves, only God can straighten, stretch that board because a human can't. See, God, no matter how bad we are, God could still use us if we let him. See, when we're building something and we cut something too short, we can't make it longer. We could add another piece to it and try to sandwich it and make something work, but it you cannot add to what you cut too short. But God can. No matter how bad we were, no matter what we have done, God can use us if we let him. The only time he won't is if we have a stony heart of unbelief. Because he didn't do many miracles because of their unbelief. The children of Israel didn't get a chance to go to the promised land because of unbelief. It wasn't because they were bad nor good. It was because they did not believe. So if our heart is a heart of unbelief, he's not going to use us. We're not fit for the master's use. But if we just believe that all things are possible, it doesn't matter what our bad, our past looked like, or no matter what we did, if we believe that God is able to use me today, he can. He can use you today. He can build that structure. You will be part of that house that God is building. Because he said, I'm coming back for a church without a spot, a wrinkle, a blemish or any such thing, and I'm going to refer that to as to a two by four. When you get a two by four, a spot I consider as the knots in the two by four, because they're, they're, you can't use them. They're not good for anything. A blemish is those cracks that are in that two by four that are filled with sap that you can't use those either, because as soon as you nail them, they will bust apart. He said a blemish, a blemish is those that are kind of twisted. They're not all the way twisted, but they're good enough not to be level or straight. And he won't use those either. 
or any such thing. If we are rotted out, he's not going to use us either. God said, I'm coming back for that church. We got to let him. But the beautiful thing about material is that sometimes you can get something ugly and make something good. That stick that they threw away, a lot of people threw away, I built my shop out of those. Because God can use anything if you let him. But even some of that material was a little bit beyond me for my fixings. And I threw it away because it was a little bit more than I could work with. So if you have that heart of unbelief or that spirit of blaspheming the Holy Ghost, those are things God won't work with. And he will cast them away. But other than that, God can work. But we have to let him. But what do they do with the tree before they even make the lumber? They first go out and they find the tree. And after they find the tree, they do what? They cut off all the limbs. Then they debark it. Which means they take away everything that they cannot use. We're going to go to Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, mischievousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told, also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. He said mortify these things. You gotta get rid of these things. See, that tree grows, and when that tree grows, it has a whole bunch of branches, and some trees have very thick bark, and, and they grow, and they look healthy, and they're doing good, and when we were born, we were born in sin. We have all of these branches that need to be removed. They need to be taken away. I talk to some people, and they say, you know what, I, I'm gonna serve the Lord, but you know, if I want to, I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna drink occasionally. That's me. That's what I want to do. And nobody can stop me. I'm going to do that. You don't hurt nobody but yourself. Because if you read and he said a drunkenness is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And you're telling God, look, I, I know what you said, but I'm going to go do this. You don't hurt nobody but yourself. I know that you said don't get high, but look, occasionally with my friends, if I want to go get high, that's just what I'm going to do. That's not, you don't hurt nobody but yourself. You don't hurt anybody. When I was out there, I know that Jesus said don't, but I'm going to go do this. I didn't hurt nobody but myself. You don't hurt nobody but yourself. Well, God knows I'm lonely, so I really need somebody. Well, you don't hurt nobody but yourself. Because these things are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. They're just not. And he already told us this is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You need to mortify. Mortify means to put it to death. The word mortify means to put it to death, to destroy the power that it has, and to deprive it from having a hold on you. Don't let these things of the world have a hold on you to where it stops you from becoming the person that you can be in Christ. Don't let nothing, Paul said all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient, and I will not be brought under the power of any of them. 
You know, so then because when we read these things aren't going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, we need to mortify them. We need to get rid of them. We need to be able to say, Lord, I'm not tied to anything. You can use me. You can take me wherever you want to take me because I'm not tied to nothing. I don't have any cares of this world. All I want is you. And he'll begin to use you. He'll begin to build you his temple that he came. He said, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? You are the temple of the Most High God. Don't let these things have a hold on you. Don't let these things bind you where God cannot fill you. Because we know that God and the devil cannot dwell in the same place. We know that the lie and the truth cannot dwell in the same place. We know that the spirit of the Holy Ghost and the spirit of the devil cannot be in the same place. So you will either have one or the other, but you can't have both. But let us choose God. Let us mortify these things. Let us get rid of them. And then another thing when we're picking out lumber, how is the house going to tell the one that's building it you're doing it wrong? You should not have framed that wall right there. That is not going to work. I don't think any of us would want anything to do with that house if it began to tell us that we were doing something wrong. First, you're not supposed to even talk to right now. <laughs> you're a tree. But we do that to God. I don't want to be in this place. I don't want to, I don't want to listen to that person. I don't want to be right there. I want to do this. I want to be somewhere else. And we tell, act like he doesn't know what he's doing. We're going to go to Isaiah. 29.16 Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, he had no understanding? God, you don't know what you're doing. I think I know a better way to do this. That's so, that's how we are. We're like that in the church. We read the Bible. Well, yeah, it says that, but this is the better way. God, I, I, I know you're God, and I know you're all-powerful, and I know you everything. You're in control of everything. But in this area, you, you, you kind of messed up. You, you, I can't do that. You, you said, but everybody else is doing something else. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and follow them because this works. What you did doesn't really seem to work. It's because we never gave it time. We never put it together. You give me all the material for a house and if I never put it together it will still remain just material it will never be a house but if you take the time and you take make do the work and you put it together then eventually you will be able to enjoy the house that you made but if you're just going to look at the material and go through the material and say yeah that doesn't belong there and I, I'm not going to do that and that doesn't fit right there and nobody's doing this you'll never have that house you know, I heard the story the other day, it reminded me of when, um, I don't know who, if it was our aunt or uncle or whoever it was, but it was a lady that built a cake or made a cake. And then the other lady, I'm just going to say ladies because I don't know their names and I don't know how they were related. I just know them as ladies. One lady made a cake and the other lady liked the lady's cake. And then she said, well, how do you make that cake? So she said, well, here's all the ingredients. This is how you make the cake. And the lady said, okay, cool. And she goes home. And she got the ingredients and she says, why well, it doesn't need this? And it doesn't need that ingredient. And it, it, it don't need this. And it doesn't need that much of that. And she makes this cake. And then she eats this cake. And she says, it tastes nothing like the other lady's cake. So she goes to the other lady and she says, how come my cake don't taste like your cake? Well, what did you do? 
Well, I didn't put this because it didn't need it. And I didn't put that because it didn't need it. That was too much of this. Well, there's your problem. You didn't put everything that I put. You didn't do everything that I did, and so it's never going to taste like mine. And the same thing, we watch God work in the spiritual realm. We read the Bible. We see all the miracles of God, and we see how God's strong and mighty, and we see all of his promises, and we know that God can move, and we know that God can work, and we pray him, Lord, and we'll do the same miracles in our lives. And he says, okay, I will do the same miracles. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here you go follow this and I will do the exact same thing and then we pick up the Bible well I don't need to do this and I don't have to pray that much and I don't I can do this it's okay to do that but God why aren't you moving well that's because you left out so much stuff that I told you and you added so much stuff that wasn't supposed to be there You'll never get the blessings and the promises of God if we're always adding and subtracting just do what he says. He says, don't lean on your own understanding. So when we're building the temple of the Lord and we're leaning on our own understanding, it never works. If you feel something, go find it in the Bible. Everything that we need to know is in the Bible for sure. If you feel this is right, go look. If it's not in the Bible, it's wrong. And somewhere in there, it'll probably tell you that it is wrong. If it doesn't say that Jesus told you to do something, then don't do it. When you go to church and you see a lot of commotion going on in the church, don't believe everything is of God. Go and find it. Because it might not be, because the devil shows himself to be God. The devil acts like he is God. And he's a child of light. A sheep in wolf's or a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's not real, but he acts like he's real. And he looks real, and because he's so boisterous, he makes people think he is real. Because God is quiet, and gentle, and meek. And he says, here I am, take it or leave it. I'm right here, I love you, come to me. The devil, on the other hand, is saying, I'm the one that's in control. I can do this. I will give you what you want. You don't follow me, you're not going to get anything. And so we all get scared, and well, let's do what he wants. No, follow that still, small voice. And that is God. Find it in the Bible and then you begin to build this house. But in the process of building, you will have distraction. Because see, the devil knows when he, they, God sent this prophet and he sent him to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Because they were burnt down, they were all broken down, the gates were burnt. And God sent the man to go and rebuild it. But when that man got there and they began to rebuild, what did they do? Sam Bullock or whatever, I can't remember their names all the way. They went and told him, if a fox leans on this, your wall is going to fall down. And they try to scare them to stop. And they try to get the prophet and tell him, hey, they're going to kill you. Hurry up. Come and hide because they're going to kill you. And he said, what kind of man would I be to go hide? I'm not going to go hide. I came here to do a work. And the devil tried so hard to get them to stop building that wall. And when the devil sees that you are building upon the sure foundation of Jesus Christ, and he sees that your timber is being good, and he sees that you are framing your building, and he knows that that structure is not going to be moved, he begins to try to stop you before you get it built. He will try to curse you. He will try to talk bad about you. He will try to tell you that God told me to tell you to stop building building what you are building because he knows once this structure goes up the glory of the Lord will fill this house 
and I'm not going to be able to do anything else. So I got to try to get them to stop building. But we can't give up. Why? Because God knows what we are made of. He knows how much we can take. When he says do this, he knows how much we can take. He's not going to suffer no more to come upon us than we're able to bear. Go to Psalm 103, 8 through 14. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our inequities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. See, he knows our frame. He knows our structure. He knows how much we can take. He knows when we're going to break. When they're building a house, they, they try to tell you, look at where you're going to put the living room, where you're going to put the garage, where you're going to put the front of the house because the wind needs to have the strongest part of the house. So they try to tell you to set your house in a certain way for the wind and the snow and the rain. And, and they try to tell you that, well, God also knows what we are capable of handling. He's not going to tell us, look, I know you cannot handle this pressure, so I want you to be in the heat of the battle. He's not going to do that. He knows our frame. He knows how frail we are. He knows how much we can take. He's only going to let us go through what we can handle. He's only going to let us go through a fight that he knows we can win. He's not going to put us in a fight if we can't win. So when we are building and we are working and the devil comes at us already, know this battle is already taken care of. You can come at me in any kind of way you want because Jesus already took care of it all. I already won. The victory is already mine. I'm just going to sit right here, be obedient, build this house, and I'm going to watch that God will fill this house with his glory. And we just keep on building because God knows what we can take. Frame. The word frame means conception. The word conception is what you bring forth, what your purpose is, what your imagination is. See, when we begin to frame our lives, our, our lives of our children, we frame their lives up to a certain point. We tell them right from wrong. We tell them morals. We tell them respect. We, we kind of frame their lives. And when they grow up, they, they build on that frame that we put there. It's the same thing if we want a good structure, a good frame. We have to let mercy and truth be our structure. We have to let the word of God be our frame. And when the word of God is our frame, then we can build on that structure. If I was to bring my RV over here and begin to put this roof on that RV, how long do we think that RV would stay standing? It would. It probably couldn't handle one of these beams that go across to hold this ceiling but it's nice for this so you think that if our structure has uh, the elements and the rudiments of this world is going to be able to hold the glory of the lord it will crush us it will burn us he said i am a consuming fire so if our structure is the structure of the world it will be consumed but if our structure is mercy and truth 
it will last forever. It will withstand anything. We will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We will be able to stand in the battle and face the enemy at any given time because our structure is Jesus Christ and he won't never fail. He won't fall. He will not lose. He will never make a mistake. We need to let our frame, our structure be of Jesus Christ. And when our structure is Jesus, then what comes out of our hearts will be Jesus. If our frame is of the world, what comes out of our hearts will be of the world. And it won't last. The devil boasts himself like he is so strong and so powerful, but he knows who God is. The Bible says the devil knows who God is and they tremble. When Jesus would walk to somebody and they were possessed with an unclean spirit, they would fall right down and start begging because they already knew who Jesus was. When we go somewhere, we're supposed to be the light of the world. The darkness is supposed to flee. The devil's supposed to know who we are, but he won't know who we are if our structure is his structure. But if our structure is about Jesus Christ, he will know who we are. And he will always try to fight, but we are more than conquerors through Christ, which strengthens us. First Kings 6, 7. And the house when it was in building was built of stone made ready before it was brought thither, so that there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron ready in the house while it was in building. When we build a house, we were not, I am not that smart, or neither do I know how. To build something over there, just come over here and put it together with no tools and stay steady. I mean, that is, you need Jesus for that <laughs> to help you because that's not possible for me. But that's what they had to do. They had to prepare all the material away. They had to have the wisdom of God to prepare everything so that when they built the house, they didn't need no kind of tool, which means it was cut so perfect till they could hand press because they couldn't use machines which they didn't even have, but they couldn't hammer it together. It had to be cut so perfect till it was a snug fit that it didn't move, but enough that it was able to be pressed in by hands so that no tool could be used. So when us in the building of God is the same thing in our spiritual walk with God, before he can use us in his house, before he can begin to pour out his spirit upon us, he gets us ready outside. And when he gets us all cleaned up and washed up and ready, then he can begin to pour out his spirit upon us. Then he can be able to frame us together. Then he can press us together. There is no nails because nails leave holes. There is no hammering because that causes pain. There is only nothing but good pressed together as a church of God. There is no more pain. There's no pride. There's no holes. Everything is filled so perfectly together, but you got to be in unity. So when they're out there carving the stone, if they carve it a little bit too much, it's not going to fit. And if they don't carve it enough, it's not going to fit. So if we don't let God carve us the way he wants to carve us, we're not going to be able to be part of the house that he's coming back for. Because we have to fit perfectly together. He doesn't want to fight with us and hammer and, and nail and, and glue and uh, to try to hold us together. He's not trying to do that. 
He's coming back for the church that is fitly framed together. A church that is just so compact, nicely done. And if we cannot let him work with us, we can't be a part of that house. But if we let him get us ready, and when he sees they are ready, he will put us to use. He'll put us to work. And once he says they are ready, there's no going back. When we're building a house and we look and we see, the, oh man, that board is crooked. They don't just leave it there. They take it out. Because if that whole wall is straight and you have one bone, it's going to make the inside of that house look so ugly. Because you put the sheetrock and it's going to overlap. And you can put a lot of mud if you want to. But any shift of the house, there's the first crack is going to be right there. Because that wall was not straight. So when you frame a wall, and I've done it, I don't know how many times, you know, oh man, there's one, always one. And it's, you got to go take it out. You just have to take it out and put another one. So when you're running for God and you begin to just, God begins to use you and begin to bless you. Don't get high-minded thinking, oh, well, God will tell me this and God will show me that. And I don't have to listen anymore because God's got me and I have the Holy Ghost and I'm just a servant of the Most High God. He's, that's not what's going to work. That's going to start twisting and he's going to be like, I can't mold you anymore. No matter how strong you are in God, you can always get stronger. No matter how much we know in the Bible, we can always learn more. This Bible is for the rest of our lives. We will never be able to know everything that's in this Bible. I've been asked some questions, and you know what I have to go do? Go look. Because there's no possible way that everything is going to be up there. It's just not. It's impossible. And if I put a cap on myself, or well, I'm the pastor of the church, I don't need to listen to nobody else. That is time for removal. Because you can't learn anything else. You put a cap on yourself, it's time to go. We have to always be willing and ready to listen and learn and to grow until the day Jesus calls us home. When he calls us home, then that's the final stage is to know him like he knows us. And then I guess there's no more learning, but that might take an eternity. So we probably will forever <laughs> grow in Christ. But as for now, don't let us put a stop to it. Let us be patient. Let us listen. Let us grow. We're going to Philippians 3.16. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same hope. Let us mind the same thing. There's too many churches. There's too many places, even companies, even a business. You have the owner, of course, and I don't know the whole chain of command, but... I do know that there's the owner, then there's the CEO, then there's the vice CEO, then there's managers, and then the list goes on, and the lights go down, and then you got the employees. But you don't have a business without employees, because you can only do so much. And your business will be very, very small, as mine. One employee, very small business. You want to grow, you need employees. You want to grow more, you need more managers. And the more you grow, the more you need. Well, God is humongously big. So he wants preachers and pastors and bishops and deacons and, and people. and Because his is huge. But if you don't have the structure and the same mindset, your business can't stand. If you have a manager say, no, you don't have to do all that. Just, just do this. And you have another manager say, no, don't do that. Do this. Everything gets confused. 
You have to have one that says this is the way it goes and this is how we're going to do it and then you follow and the business will grow and become very successful. But you have to be on the same page. You go to so many churches nowadays and they're pulling in so many different directions until the churches are falling apart. You got five people here, ten here, two over there, three in that one because there's so much division. Let it get rid of all of your self-knowledge and go to the Bible. If it's in the Bible, follow it. If it's not, don't. It's not a matter of what Alan said. Alan's word is nothing. It's a matter of what's written in the Bible. It's not a matter of what Adam thinks, Isaac thinks, Mary thinks, Laura thinks. It's a matter of what's written in the Bible. So when we read the Bible and we all have a different thought, let us point our thought to the Bible. If our thought can be proved by the Bible, then let's run with it. If our thought cannot be proved by the Bible, then don't listen to it. And the church will get stronger and stronger if we let Jesus be not only the manager, but the CEO and the owner and the founder. And then we are the employees. And that's as high as it gets because he's all the top, everything. We're just the employees. And what does the, the manager do? They tell the employees what to do. That's the only thing that I'm doing is I'm just basically an employee. Then Jesus says, Alan, go do this. Okay, I'm going to go do that. That's all it is. It's not because Alan's high and mighty and, oh, he's somebody. No, I'm not. Without Jesus, we are nothing. We're nobody. Follow the Bible. And then if we follow the Bible, then we all can have the same mind, follow the same rule, be in the same page, doing the same work. If we follow the Bible, he said, lean not on your own understanding. Read the Bible and don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on the Bible, the understanding of the Holy Ghost. We're going to Ephesians, the second chapter and the 18th verse. And it says, for through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple of the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. When we keep God's word, we are that church. We are that temple. And when we're that temple, it is a place for God to dwell. And when God lives with us, that's when we don't have no more worries. We get sick, we have the one that can heal living with us. We don't need to drive to the doctor. We don't need to drive somewhere and spend all that money on medication because we got Jesus living with us. When their fears comes to our house, we got Jesus in the house that will cast away that fear. When the waves of the sea begin to rise, we got Jesus in that house that is able to say, peace be still. When the wind is contrary, when everything seems to just be crashing, we got Jesus that is able to say, peace 
be still. When no matter how we feel or what we're going through, we got Jesus that will make everything okay. When it looks like fear, he said, don't be afraid of sudden fears. Just because something happens, don't get scared of it. Why? Because we know that we have Jesus. And he said, they can fall a thousands on your left hand and 10,000 on your right hand, but it will not come nigh thee because you know who you got with you. But that's if we know who Jesus is. And the only way to know him is to study and get to know him. He said, blessed is the man who delights in the law of, his, of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And then he'll be like that tree planted by the rivers of water. But we have to love the Bible, not just read it because it's there and we know we should. We have to want to. It's supposed to be something we cannot go without. And when we begin to read, we want to dig and understand it and search the scriptures and go from one to the next. And if you have to make notes, it doesn't matter. Take pictures, whatever you got to do to understand it. And it's supposed to be a joy to understand the Bible. And then when it is our delight, then you'll be like that tree planted by the rivers of water. And you won't move. Satan comes in like a flood and he'll do the same thing he did with Jesus. Why? Because he will see Jesus in you. He said, Paul, I know. Why did he know Paul? Because Paul was some great guy? No, because Paul had Jesus. And so he said, Paul, I know. The same thing with us. Oh yeah, them I know. Because he sees Jesus in us. We're not supposed to fear and, and, and be in, in doubt. We're supposed to be in one accord, on the same page, going the same direction, following the same rules. Not the rules of Alan Rogers, the rules of Jesus Christ. Not my kind of, I think this, the rules of the Bible. Follow those. Not each other's. The rules of God. And then we'll be that tree. We'll have that frame so nicely done. You know how good it feels when you stand back and you see the house that you just framed and you're like, yep. And uh, all walls just ready to go. It's just waiting for the next people to come in and do put the siding, the sheet rock, insulation, whatever you want in the walls. It's ready. When you do your part, you can relax and say, man, I have fought a good faith. I have finished my course. And now I have laid up for me a crown of life. But we got to do our part right here. We got to build this house. And when we're done, somebody's going to build on what we left off. And it just grows and grows and grows. And then Jesus is going to come back for that church when it's done. What if right now we are the last, whatever it is that he has in his temple? What if we're the last paint that's going on the walls? And we're all not mixing right. You get paint that doesn't mix it. Do you like to use it? When it doesn't mix correctly, there's lumps in it. You still like to put it on the walls? Absolutely not. It starts getting frustrating. Especially if you don't know there's lumps in it. And you pour it in your bucket and you get your roller and you do one of these numbers and you see, like what? It starts getting frustrating when there's too much. How do you think God feels when he's trying to work with us and uh, there's a problem here and there's complaining here and he doesn't want to mix there and he don't want to be with that person and he doesn't want to listen to that person and he thinks he's better than that. You know what? Just shut the lid, put that in the trash and I'm going to hold you because that one is tough.
that's I the Bible doesn't say this that I'm saying right now. It doesn't talk about pain, but that's how I feel that God would probably be like when we just don't cooperate. The last part of the job, and actually that's the most frustrating, is when you're about done and the last thing don't do good. And Jesus is about coming back. He is on his way back. And the last part of this house that he is building is not cooperating. I don't want that to be us. I want us to cooperate. Lord, you want me to be on this wall? Here I am. You can spray paint me right there and I'll stay. And I will shine for everybody to see. I'll be the little window trim. That's fine. I don't need to be the structure. I could be the window trim. And it looks nice and everybody admires it. You know, I could be whatever you want me to be in your house. That's what I'll be. Let him mold us and make us after his will. And when we stand back and he calls our name home, then we will get that we want. When we stand before our Father which is in heaven and he came back for us if he comes before we die or even after we die and we're standing in that long line on his right hand side, you could just go ahead and start rejoicing because you know from that moment there's nothing else that could possibly go wrong. You probably had a fight down here, but once you're in that line, standing on his right hand and you got that robe of righteousness, you know there's nothing ever that can go wrong. Not one more problem. They're all gone. Don't we want to do that for the rest of eternity? Absolutely. That's fine. Let's build this house. Don't listen to people telling you you can't make it. Yes, we can. You need to stop. No, we don't. You need to calm down. No, we don't. The Holy Ghost told me to tell you to stop building. Oh, the Holy Ghost told me to build. He don't give two messages. This one says build. You're saying don't build. I think I'm going to And then at the end of the day, we'll see if I do it right. Because <laughs> if it's not God's will, he said every tree that I didn't plant will be plucked up. So if we're building wrong, God will move it. But if we're building right, you can understand the devil will try to stop it. But it will not be stopped. Because no weapon formed against us will prosper. And every curse that people try to put on us will be turned into a blessing. Every bad mouth that they say will be turned into not. It will not stand a chance. Because we have Jesus. And Jesus don't lose. Period. We are the children of the Most High God. We are the temple of the living God. He don't lose. But without him, we are nothing. With him, saints, we are more than conquerors. Keep your heads up. Keep building this building. We're going to hear one day, well done, my good and faithful servant. Don't let nobody stop you from building. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The altar is open if anybody wants prayer, just come up.
God, have your way. Lord, my God, have your way in our lives, Lord. My Father, you sent the man. Lord, you saw that the walls were broken down. You saw that the gates were burned with fire. You saw that the children of Israel were in reproach. They were in distress. They were falling apart. They were being persecuted. But my God, you looked down from heaven. And when you saw your children, Lord, you sent a man to begin to repair those breaches. You sent a man, my God, to begin to build that wall all over again. And when the enemy came in, you gave them the strength to stay standing. You gave them the strength to build and to not quit. My Father, you have sent us to God, and we are building the temple of the Most High God. We are building upon the foundation of you, my God. And Lord, the devil has told us to stop. The devil has told us to quit. But my God, just like you gave them the strength to continue to build, give us the strength, my God, to continue to run before you, to continue to build upon your foundation that we will live and not die. Lord, shut the mouths of every lion in the name of Jesus. Let us tread upon these serpents and not be hurt, my God. Lord, I'm not asking that you take the fight away, but that you bless us to be more than conquerors, that you bless us to be victorious in the name of Jesus. My Father, that we will not stop building, but we will build this temple, my God. We will build this church in the name of Jesus. My Father, lift up a standard for us, O Lord God, and strengthen us. Let not this trouble seem little in thy sight, but send help from thy sanctuary and strengthen us at a Zion. Remember our burnt offerings, O Lord God. Remember our sacrifices. My Father, change every curse into a blessing in the name of Jesus. And let not a lie prevail, but let the truth prevail in the mighty name of Jesus. My Father, strengthen us, O Lord God. Don't let us turn to the right hand or to the left. Don't let it be that at the end we become a castaway, my Father, but bless us to run this race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Don't let us be weak, but let us be strong. Don't let us be faint-hearted, but let us be bold in the faith and in the power of the precious Holy Ghost. My Father, you said, he that is fearful, send him home. He that is faint-hearted, send him home. My Father, don't let us be fearful. Don't let us be faint-hearted. Don't let us be unbelieving. But let us believe and be strong in you. For I know that my Redeemer lives. And I thank you and I praise you, my God. Lord, we thank you for just being so good to us. You are King of kings. And you are Lord of lords. You are our Prince of Peace. The mighty God, the everlasting Father and to the only wise God belongs wisdom and power, dominion and holiness, blessings and thanksgiving, riches and honor, both now and forever. My Father, be pleased with us, O Lord God, and show yourself strong in our behalf. 
You said, Behold, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Lord, make our hearts perfect towards you, that you will show yourself strong, that you will shut the mouths of the devil, O Lord God, and let him bow down before you in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. Lord, give us the strength that we need to stand. Don't let us be cowards, my God, but let us be bold in the faith. For we are not afraid what man can do unto us. For we have a God of all power, all wisdom, and all understanding. Lord, arise and help us and fight for us, my God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for being so good. Lord, strengthen us and teach us how to build this house. For we can do nothing without you. Remember our frame, my God. Remember how frail we are. Remember that we are dust and ashes. But you are the God that quickens us every day. Quicken us with your Holy Spirit, my God. Renew a right spirit within us. Teach us how to fight that his bow of steel will be broken by our arms. In the name of Jesus. My Father, as we get ready to go to battle, O Lord God, and we set this battle in array, my Father, I ask that you will send us help from thy sanctuary and teach us how to go about our Father's business in the mighty name of Jesus. For we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And it is nothing for you to win with them that have no power or by many or few. For you are God and all power belongs to you. And we thank you and we praise you, my God. And let the church say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Amen. The word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you, may he keep you, may he shine his face always upon you, and may he forever keep you.